The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. It was kind of someone had switched this light on inside me and gone, right, take the tools that you've learned over the last 20 years and apply it to something that you really care about. Motherhood. I kind of buried my head in the sand. It's like I had these two babies, handed them over to the nursery and just was like, yeah, I'll carry on with my work. I know what I'm doing there. And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent. And I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. In PR, as you, as you know, there are no boundaries. You're basically at everyone's beck and call. So Absolutely. it took me a long time to realise that I needed better boundaries. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. Sorry, it's a day late. I normally come out on a Thursday and due to having the Wi-Fi down in my house for the past few days, I've not been able to um, upload it. And my God, you don't realise you take Wi-Fi for granted. I'm never going to take Wi-Fi for granted ever again. Um, I'm going to write gratitude to Wi-Fi every day after this. I'm currently recording this in my mum's house. I'm on her kitchen table and I've kind of descended on their house to be able to work and and get some precious Wi-Fi. So this episode is with a lady called Sarah Lloyd and she is from my old industry, uh, public relations, and she has gone from the deep dark depths of, you know, working in this burnout industry and now works on a more spiritual level, still in PR, but working with people who are much more aligned with her. I had this conversation with Sarah quite a while ago, but actually it's so fresh. I love listening back to the podcast because I kind of remember where I where I was at when we were talking and I always learn new things. And some of the things that I say then, I still, you know, resonate so much right now. So Sarah um, and I really dive into how PR looked for me when I was working in it. I share a couple of stories about how I didn't quite feel myself and how I really tried my hardest to love the industry because I love the creativity side, I love the brainstorming, but a lot of the other side just wasn't me. So you'll hear about that and you'll hear about how Sarah has reframed how she works in PR and we talk about not being afraid of sharing our gifts and how PR can be a fantastic thing for people who are sort of running soul-led businesses who are really working to be of service and to help people and we think you know maybe we shouldn't be seen, we shouldn't be heard and actually it's the absolute opposite because if we're working in these this industry where we where we want to help people, people need to know that we exist. People need to know that we are a force for good um, and we want to um, help people and we shouldn't be afraid to stand up and shout about it. We talk about leaning into our purpose and using our voices and recognising that if our heart isn't in the industry or the job that we're, we're currently in, it's not a bad thing to lean into where we feel we're more aligned. And that is um, stepping into our power, again, using our voice, 
acknowledging where we haven't used our voice and why we've been stifled, why we felt that we, you know, we couldn't speak our truth and recognizing what's held us back. And we talk about how she helps people lean into their potential. So what Sarah's doing is allowing people to have a stage and talk about what they're passionate about. And it was fantastic. It was so nice to speak to a PR person again. So nice to speak to someone who I guess was on my wavelength because I thought there was something wrong with me working, you know, in that industry and, and sort of still wanting to, you know, lean into the whole well-being, um, the well-being side. So yeah, it was a really good conversation and I think you'll get a lot out of it. And I think also if you are working in an industry or have worked in an industry where you felt burnt out, where you didn't feel like you were being your true self, I think you'll really resonate with this conversation. So here is the episode. I hope you enjoy it. And as ever, share with me. Um, I'd love a review or a rating if you've enjoyed it. And that really, really helps other people find the podcast. So here it is. And I will speak to you soon. Hello, everyone. We have Sarah Lloyd here as my guest on the Ambitious Mum podcast. And Sarah is a PR guru. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Hi, Kate. It's so lovely to have me. Well, so thank you for having me here. Right. Do you know what? It's really nice to have you on the podcast because um, I'll explain very quickly that we are both presenters on Wellbeing Radio. Um, there's a lot, quite a lot of us on the on the station and um, we all live in so many different places around the world and I kind of like honed in on your show because we're both um, well I'm a former PR and you're still you know working in the game but doing it quite differently this time and so I loved listening to some of your shows because it really resonated with how the industry was how easy it is to sort of burn out in the PR industry and how easy it is to sell your soul to the devil until you are aware (laughs) that you don't have to, that PR actually can be a really nice game. And um, it's just, I guess, how we reframe it. So that's kind of why I wanted you on the podcast, because indeed you are a mum, but you're also working in the industry that I actually still love. And it's still like very deep rooted in my heart. And, you know, I think most ex-PRs or former PRs will always say that it's bred in you. I mean, I think, you know, when you go in from, you know, graduate level and it's instilled in you and what you should be doing and how you're meant to look at things. So I can understand that you didn't want to leave, but can you explain to us a little bit of where you were in the PR industry and what, what you're doing now? Yeah. Um, so I've, I guess I've been in public relations for about 20, nearly 25 years. Um, And I, again, I started at entry level straight from school, probably, well, I I did a a job slightly before that, but probably about in my 20s, I started in PR and I started in the in-house industry. So in-house versus agency was very different. In-house was very... um, It was a lot of photocopying and faxing and stapling and all the old school way of doing it. And then I moved and moved into an agency local to me and really got a taste for how much fun you could have because it was a very young, very thriving. um, Basically, you'd work all hours, God send, and then you drink all hours, God sent. And you basically that's what you would do. And it was constant. And I think certainly for eight years of my life, I was probably drunk. (laughs) um, 
but you know all the time you're doing that you're able to you know there's press events that you're organizing you're dealing with journalists who are quite interesting in some respects um it was just it was great for somebody who likes people and telling stories and generally we had loads of fun i then ended my career in the kind of corporate environment nearly three years ago now um, i was a global head of thought leadership which essentially is global head of storytelling so i was coming up with some really interesting campaigns and it was i mean it was great fun but i had got to that proverbial glass ceiling there wasn't really anywhere else for me to go and i had a new boss started in the US and basically he said that look it's either you or me <laughs> so you're out <laughs> essentially <laughs> gave me an opportunity basically said to me look you can either stay and do something completely different at the same level um, or you we can give you voluntary redundancy and I mean it wasn't a tough decision to be honest with you because it was starting from scratch on something that I hadn't didn't really know much about um, or leaving and going it alone essentially and it all happened around the same time I'd had basically my second child I think she was uh, about a year and a half when this all happened and I'd realized that basically working a high-powered global job with like late nights and reporting into the US was okay and I could handle it with one child but with two it was a completely different story so it was kind of a welcome break. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I suffered with postnatal depression and, you know, I just, I kind of buried my head in the sand. It's like I had these two babies, handed them over to the nursery and just was like, yeah, I'll carry on with my work. I know what I'm doing there. I don't know what I'm doing with my kids. So someone else who does know can deal with them. And I didn't appreciate that I wasn't very well until, well, I, I went on a retreat to Glastonbury um, and I was literally there for a week, spent the week in tears and realized that actually I shouldn't, that my priorities were all wrong and I needed to rebalance my life. So came back from the retreat, lots of tears, realized that my babies were the most important thing, that I'd been quite ill. So then changed my life essentially to try and basically have everything that I wanted but on my terms. And we all know that's quite difficult. <laughs> I still struggle, but I would say what I'm, how I'm living now compared to how I was living, it, it's just street. I don't know how I did it. I have no idea how I handled my life a few years ago, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like listening to that thinking that sounds really hard. Um, and especially in the industry that I know, PR is and it's super fast paced you've got to be on it the whole time people don't appreciate you kind of like clocking off you know you've got to be on hand don't you for your client whatever time of day and I wouldn't call it the most child-friendly industry maybe I'm outdated maybe I've not worked in it for a while but when I was there I I was young to have kids in, in PR. I mean, I totally did everything, you know, the, the, the wrong way around. And I was in a consumer agency, really fast paced, really exciting, loads of fun, drinking parties, late nights, all of that. I got married quite young and I just didn't feel like doing all the partying and everything that everyone else was doing. So mm. I went in house for a charity 
and that's when I saw you know I kind of went more towards like the freelance and, and the sort of slower pace of life with PR but I look back and I think you know that's if you wanted to have kids while you're doing all of that it you know it can lead to you know mental health problems burnout I actually wrote a blog about it um, saying that looking back yeah I mean it's I mean it's very female orientated as well PR so it kind of is almost like lock you lock heads don't you by wanting to live that lifestyle and we're all women and then you know you're getting into your mid-30s and people wanting to get married and have children and the industry doesn't quite work for you anymore so tell me you then had a realization and you, you sort of saw that you wanted to get your priorities right or, or changed for you know that was right for you how did you still bring PR into your life but not have all the stuff that was bringing you down <laughs> I switched gears um, essentially and in the old days it, I worked for technology companies consumer technology companies and b2b as well so business to business technology companies and then essentially I switched to more well-being I, I kind of followed my passion which or it was just it was kind of someone had switched this light on inside me and gone right take the tools that you've learned over the last 20 years and apply it to some something that you really care about and I think that's my mantra as a business owner now is work with clients you like work with clients that you're passionate about and if you're you know if you can't sell something I mean essentially public relations is selling a product or a service or a brand isn't it and if you're not passionate about that product or service it, it does it does come across I used to have calls and be like oh guys can you just feature this client and they'd be like yeah okay and it would just be so like it was never fun it got to a point where it wasn't fun anymore and I, I want kind of it is like people that you like people that brands that you can't you can share and ultimately if I had the time to do it as well that was the other prerequisite for me it's like if I can if I believe I can do the job well in the time that I have available so obviously when the children are at school so I was very much clear around boundaries and in PR, as you, as you know, there are no boundaries. You're basically at everyone's beck and call. You're the last person standing to pay the bill. You're always the first person at these things, buying breakfast for journalists. It was, it completely goes against boundaries of any kind. So Absolutely. it took me a long time to realize that I needed better boundaries. <laughs> That's really interesting because I've never really thought about it like that. You, you're totally right. You know, you are right at the bottom of the priority list. And if you've worked in that industry for a very long time, that can overspill into your whole life. Yeah. Well, um, I did have a life basically. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it, I guess it can overspill into, you know, relationships or, you know, whatever, because if you are working most of your life you know in that environment then that will bring you know come into however you know you are in your, your relationships that's interesting I guess there was that element of guilt as well you do it like you were saying a minute ago around how it's a very female heavy industry in the agency it would always be celebrated when someone was pregnant so I think there was only ever there was only two pregnancies and I was there for 12 years I think in the end so that's not many children, not many babies, but when they were pregnant, there was this big hoo-ha and song and dance and 
beautiful baby shower and all of that the idea of the baby was great but the minute those people tried to come back to work they were expected to come back to work and do what they were doing before so there was a real guilt I mean I noticed it I notice it now I didn't notice it at the time I didn't appreciate it at the time but there was almost like this you're going off to have children how dare you (laughs) (laughs) absolutely I remember my boss in my first company and she's she's a brilliant woman she's you know created an incredible agency and I've got loads of respect for her but I told her I was leaving after I'd been with her for about two or three years and she knew I'd just got married and she knew that the whole partying like heavy lifestyle wasn't really for me and she said to me this is going to be the worst decision of your life and that still plays on my mind so much because it was like the ambition of working in PR should have been my main focus in life. And it wasn't, you know, my main focus was having, feeling healthy, having a balance, feeling like I was working in the right environment that was for me, even though it didn't quite fit that fast paced consumer lifestyle, you know, at the time. But I still hear that voice sometimes saying, this is the worst decision of your life. And, you know, who knows? Who knows what would have happened if I'd stayed, but that's very much a mantra, I think, of the industry, isn't it? Yeah, and you know what? Throw yourself under the bus for everyone and anyone, you know, clients, for work, and just deal with the consequences. That's amazing. Do you know what, though? And hats off to you for being so strong and walking away from that, because so many of us didn't. And Mm. I think that's the thing, is like, it's... I always thought the ones that came back and worked harder were the ones to follow that I've, I believed that that was the right example, but it was completely the wrong example. If, if you want to maintain sanity um, <laughs> and actually have a real life outside of work, I actually remember find we, there would always be the odd awards dinners and it would, they'd always come to me and kind of make me feel bad if I didn't go. And in the end, I think I got to a point where I was almost brainwashed when I invited other people to these awards dinners. And I'd be like, why aren't you coming? It's like, it's expected. You should, it's part of the job. You should come. And I remember someone saying no to me and I was very upset about it. But now I see that that person had boundaries and it was perfectly acceptable for them to say no. (laughs) It's kind of, yeah, it's just, it's amazing how that behavior gets instilled in you. And you know, I feel quite bad that I was like that. I got to that point where I was like that. I think, so. I think you, when you're in it, and it's not, I don't think it's just, you know, PR. I mean, probably anyone that's listening to this right now can resonate if they're working in a big corporate job. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there's probably a lot of other industries that are similar to this, but it's, you're kind of almost brainwashed and you, you're in that zone for such a long time that when you talk about boundaries and saying no, we're looking after your mental health, that's just not the lingo that they're listening to. Maybe more so nowadays, now that sort of, you know, it, it's more on the agenda and, you know, people are talking about corporate well-being and things like that. But that's only the past few years, you know, think about, you know, what was going on before, you know, 2000 or 2010. It was, you know, it was hardcore and we were, there was a huge amount of expectations. And I think that's why we're seeing almost like an onslaught of 
anxiety and all these issues that women around our age and, and sort of, you know, around the mid thirties to forties to fifties who are struggling a lot. We're yeah. struggling with, with accepting that life doesn't need to be like this. I mean, we don't need to be pushing and hustling and stressing and it's okay to live life calmly and embracing what we, you know, where we find our joy and happiness and our soul and all of that, which is, what brings me to, to asking more about, you know, the fact that you connected with well-being very much like I did. I, you know, I was, um, that was just kind of where I wanted to go. But you now work with clients who are all in the well-being industry. Are they mostly women or is it a mix? How, who, what kind of yeah. people do you look after? So I, I guess when I was made redundant, I set up my own business and I met all these women in, in, on this retreat and about half of them said, I'd work with you tomorrow. So that kind of gave me the incentive to get set up. And I mean, admittedly, not all of them came flocking and started, you know, started wanting me to represent them. But ultimately, it, I had two of them and I started very small and my first client I got her into the daily mail within like two weeks of representing her and it all just kind of felt, it was just so easy because I wasn't um, like spending, well, I guess I used to spending all my time doing this stuff. And when I was, I had to be very careful with my time because obviously you're not, there was this learning curve certainly where I was used to being always on. So mm. I had to then kind of manage my time and not be completely doing everything for my clients all the time. So that was a real like learning in the beginning. But I started working with this particular client and literally pitched out a couple of times. And she, I mean, she's a, an author as well. Um, she's written a book on highly sensitive children which really resonated with me because my two girls are quite sensitive. I'm quite sensitive. So I was very passionate and very aligned with her message and we managed to secure this coverage and there were some other bits and pieces that came up, but you know, it was a one-off type thing with her, but ultimately that opened the door to basically me growing my confidence and knowing that I could actually do it in the first place, but also, um, started to help me realize who I wanted to attract and the types of clients I wanted to work with. So I've worked with so many different types. I've not said no, I've kind of opened it up. I just have said no to, I don't want nasty people. <laughs> I want to be completely in alignment with what they're saying and, and I want to be of service. So what that means is, is I don't tend to get very many nasty people coming through my door. I think, everybody has been just lovely. I've had a reverend, I've done promotion for a fairy, lady who is a fairy, I have done promotion for a yoga swami, I've worked with holistic business owners, I've worked with authors. What's really interesting is everybody that I'm attracting is also helping me grow personally as well, so I've had life coaches and stuff, so it's almost like an energy exchange where yeah. we've helped each other, so that's one aspect but then also what I've also found with because they're more solopreneurs they're coming to me that there are they want to share their message and they want to amplify their message but they're not sure how to do it and going to a PR agency in the old the way that they work is very pushy and like makes people very uncomfortable 
Whereas I just tend to sit with them and go, okay, so, you know, there's three things that I always cover in when I bring on a new client is working out their past and the journey that's brought them to the point that they're at. So that could be focusing on, you know, maybe they were made to feel really small during a school presentation and Mm -hmm. that then to put the fear of God in them and they, they just couldn't speak publicly anymore like that just to uncover any trauma yeah. from a, from the past which could affect you sharing your voice and there is probably another level with past lives and stuff that you, but that's going really really deep but essentially in this lifetime there's going to be aspects of of your life where you've shrunk to fit in or not spoken out when you've wanted to so it's trying to track down those points in time to try and unlock anything that's holding you back from a personal and a business perspective, then it's sitting with your current situation. So where you want to go and what, you know, what, if it was unlimited, where would you want to go? So it's almost sitting down and going, right, we've gone through coronavirus. What are we going to do next? You know, how, because a lot of people have had time to think and pivot. I hate that word, but Mm. think about how they want to, you know, coming out the other side, how they want to manage themselves, because that will have given people a lot more space to think, and then also the final thing is also thinking about where they want to get to, because often we start these things and then don't have any clear guidance or goals. We just think, oh, we're going to start a new business. And it's like, what now? What? It's like, so for me, my goals are it's, it's got to fit around the kids because that's the whole reason I started this thing. It's got to fit around my, my mental health needs and yeah. being grounded and having time to, for me, and then it, and it's got to be, you know, I'd love to, there is a certain number of I mean, financial, it's just basically, I just call in what I need as opposed to, I want to make six figures. That's just, that's just too, I still haven't got over that bit yet, but ultimately it's just having that clear guidance and that, that clarity that helps you kind of move things, move forwards. The Ambitious Mum the podcast about ambition, motherhood, and everything in between. Do you find, I was interested to hear what you're saying at the beginning with your your three stages, and you said that you kind of tap into, um, I guess, you know, what happened to them as kids and what's prevented them from, you know, finding their voice. And that really kind of resonates with me as, you know, I work with a lot of emotional freedom technique and we we do, we always go back to, you know, probably always childhood experiences that are are stopping us in our lives at the moment. That's where our resistance is. What is it about women, especially, who, I guess we are afraid to promote ourselves. We're afraid to talk about that we are good at this. We, we can do this and without sounding, you know, big headed, you know, full of ourselves. And we're so terrified to, to be judged probably by other women mm-hmm. um, that we shouldn't be proud of ourselves. We shouldn't be talking about our achievements. Do you think this holds a lot of women back especially maybe mothers as well who feel that they should be in one box and that's who they should be mm-hmm. and you know who are we to step out of our comfort zone and, and and I guess what people how people see us as well absolutely I think the thing that I'm finding with most of the female clients that I work with is they uncover they definitely uncover wounds but it's also 
a lot of the wounds are related to other women so like we talked about that whole scenario in the agency i mentioned about women having babies and then it's it's basically your why why have you gone and done that type thing like all those little all those little moments in time where other women have basically Mm -hmm. made you as a woman feel small for staying in your power and stepping out and sharing your message it was always be woman it was always it's a witch wound essentially i think a lot of us feel very judged for stepping out and saying our piece the other thing that I found as well is is it a lot of the trauma that we've experienced as a certain age a generation. There was a lot of booze, a lot of drugs, a lot of all of those things contribute to it. But equally before that, <coughs> we were brought up by with certain values and women were seen and not heard and told to be quiet and stop being so loud and you're supposed to sit in the corner and look pretty we're not changing you again all of those things contribute to that because we're not supposed to be loud and proud and shouty and have an opinion and you know there i think a lot of us have grown up with narcissistic people around us that have made us feel like that and that is another thing that i'm, I'm noticing it's almost like I know it's PR, but there's this massive healing that's kind of going on while we're talking about sharing your story. And a lot of people have written books about their story. So if you've written the book, then you're called to share that story. So you must share that story. And there's so many people that could be inspired, even if you don't feel like your story is worth sharing. Everybody has something that, that is valuable and can be shared yeah, I, I boil it down to witch wound and other women and it's a mother wound as well. And that's the other thing is like when you're a mum, there's a huge mother guilt, isn't there as well for daring to actually do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> but that's down to us to break that cycle and teach our children that, yes, we are mothers, but we are also women in our own right. And we are creative and we are brilliant and we are goddesses and we can share what we need to share in the world just as much as those children need us as mothers we can do both that's really um insightful and interesting because i mean i've got three daughters and at the beginning of their lives i thought i was being a better mum by staying at home and being present and being there for every minute and and picking them up and 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 at the time that was the right thing for me i wanted to be at home and i wanted to you know be really really present But now for me, the right thing, you know, especially as they're getting older, my eldest is 12 and I've got a nine and then a five-year-old that they can see me working now. They can see me sort of growing and um, evolving and they can see that I'm trying and and challenging myself and um, they can see me stressed from work. They can see that I'm running in and out of the, you know, taking calls and then coming into the kitchen. And I think it's really important that we model to to our daughters, especially that, it's not easy being a mum and, and um, having ambition and wanting to do what's right for you, but it is possible. Yeah. And, you know, to model that um, it's really important to, to follow your heart and to do what makes you happy and not do what other people think you should be doing. So it is so much breaking that generational cycle that I think we're on the cusp of. Like I do yeah. feel very much that, um, it's almost our generation of women that have been given this opportunity to help our, you know, our daughters and, 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 and for them to make braver, 
more honest and authentic choices when they, you know, become mothers as well. So I hope we are gifting. I think maybe through our challenges and our struggles that we, I hope we're gifting them an easier passage to, to, to do what they want to do unapologetically as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, God, I wouldn't want my girls to live the way that perhaps we did when we were younger, you know, mm. apologizing for everything. But mm. <clears throat> like you say, it's, I also felt like it, I was a bad mum when I had to go off and do things, but then I'd always square it away with myself and say, well, hang on a minute. I'm a person to, I, you know, it's not about disappearing as being a mum is not about disappearing. It's about being stronger and um, empowering our children. Like you say, and being the role model that we want them to be and not, you know, hide away. If you've got gifts and you should be using them and sharing them. And that's everybody. It's not just, the children that we're all you know putting them on pedestals otherwise we'll end up with a bunch more na of narcissistic children <laughs> so it's yeah. of, trying really hard for that not to happen but it depends on the day you're on. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. you know what you're doing and I, and I love it because um if you kind of like reframe the way you look at PR especially in in your kind of you know niche what you're doing is you're giving women a voice to talk about I guess what they're passionate about and inspiring other people and you talk about books and um you know there's so many people with different stories that you know like you say they've got books in them and I know you've written a book as well what can you tell us a little bit about how that came about and when did you decide that you had a book in you it was really funny I I was all I used to visit psychics to kind of give me some guidance and she said to me one day you've got eight books in you I was like oh okay <laughs> not overwhelming at all <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that but anyway um and then I met up with I started working for somebody promoting their book and I met their publisher and he basically said you need to write a book on what you do in PR and I was like oh okay so that's given me, that's talking directly to my heart because he was very, you know, he's very spiritual as well. And I said, oh, okay, I'll do it. And kind of just in jest, but then I basically it took me six months because all of it in the book itself is very much, it's kind of three parts again. It's kind of my journey and acknowledging my story and kind of my area of, of expertise and the things I've noticed along the way. And then it's about how to apply that yourself and then the kind of practical how to's at the end of it. So it's kind of, it's like a spiritual how to book, but about PR, it's kind of a hybrid. I feel like things have been a much more hybrid now. There's no specific box that things go in. And when I was sitting there thinking, oh my God, I've got my PR and marketing hat thinking, who am I supposed to be selling this to? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm realizing there's so many of us out there who are becoming more hybrid in their approach. You know, we're mums, we're healers, we're business women, we're, we're doing everything, but equally we're doing it on our terms. And I think that's the main kind of, the thing that I'm trying to teach other women is you can share your message and you can use PR as and use the media as a tool, but you can do it on your own terms. You don't have to, you know, be constantly pushing your message out there and it doesn't need to be hard. It needs to be completely easy. And if it is hard, it's because there's a block and, mm. and kind of recognizing that as opposed to just keep banging your head against a brick wall, which is the old way of doing things, I think exhausting way of doing things yeah. <laughs> just keep going we need more coverage 
well, I can't magic it out of my bum. No. <laughs> oh, That's how it was. <laughs> I'm almost getting like cold sweats thinking about that client phone call when you've got to kind of break the news and say, no one's biting the stories, you know, there's no one's interested in the story. But you do, you've got to then kind of, okay, take a step back. Where's the block? You know, what's going on? And, you know, there'll always be an angle. It's just sometimes we focus on the wrong angle. Um, and I guess you can look at that with life, isn't it? That we can always be hone in on one thing. Why is it not working? Why is it not working? We push, push, push. And we realise actually we've just been focusing on the wrong, you know, the wrong angle. It's getting the perspective back in the room, isn't it? Taking yeah. it, yeah, step back. The book, if someone's listening right now um, and we do have a lot of women who are running their own businesses or setting up or on the cusp or sitting there going oh have I got it in me and you know I've had this idea and I'll you know maybe you know I, I could do it can you give anyone any practical you know two or three tips of how they can be more visible how can they you know let their voice be heard if they're not in a position to afford PR at the moment what can they do for themselves well, essentially, the first thing would be to to sit down and work out if there is anything that could be holding them back. So it is that past, present and future. And you can do that quite easily yourself. Um, I mean, I do do a deeper dive and I do a bit of raking, try and clear the blocks and stuff. But ultimately, if you just sit there and go, right, what in my past could possibly be holding me back? What has my relationship with sharing my message been like? Like, when was I, when was I silenced? When was I told to shut up? What, when, you know, did people laugh me off the stage because I said the wrong thing? That sort of, all of that sort of stuff. And even just going through that process is quite cathartic. And then next is kind of working out where you are presently and, and kind of determining one, what your business is or what your offering is. Two, who is it actually, what are you what is the actual outcome here? Who are you trying to serve with that, that offering? And, you know, what are you trying to, how are you trying to change people's lives? It's always about the people that you're trying to attract as opposed to what you're trying to shove in people's faces. So it's kind of like, if you know that there are, so for example, with that person's book, it was, she knew that there's a whole generation of sensitive children out there who aren't, Asperger's or with ADHD but they're just sensitive to the overwhelming society that we live in and it's just determining you know where those parents are re what magazines those parents are reading you know and that's where you need to kind of focus your efforts so you know if they are reading things like mum's net or some of the other mummy bloggers then they're the people that you should be putting your publication or your book in those ha people's hands so they can then share your message it's basically acknowledging your past sitting in your present and knowing exactly where you are and where you want to get to so who you're trying to reach who your tribe is that you're trying to attract and what they read um, and then finally kind of do you have any ideal kind of Everest moments and I call them Everest moments because you know, you can work towards a huge goal, but there will be lots of little peaks along mm. the way. Um, so, for example, I'll often sit with clients and we'll intuit, oh, that person's going to be on the sofa with Holly and Phil. That's our Everest goal. But we need to think about all the other 
Everest goals before that, before we get to that point. So it's setting that intention, setting kind of where would you really love to be? Because there's normally some, there's normally somewhere inside you, you want to be doing something specific, whether it's on a stage talking to people, whether it's on a specific television program, you know, write it down because if you write it down, then you're setting that intention and you are manifesting that goal. If, and it won't happen overnight. I'm never going to say you're going to get coverage tomorrow, but even setting the intention opens doors and you'd be surprised. I mean, I've had people, they literally just signed up with me and I got a phone call one time from one of my clients and she said, you never guess what's happened. She said, I'm, I'm in the Liverpool echo tomorrow. And I was like, Oh wow. Amazing. She goes, even just, even just having you in holding my space has opened me up to being more visible and like yeah. it doesn't necessarily. And the other thing to know is not always about traditional publications like, you know, the health and well-being and the metro and things like that it's also about podcasts yeah. and it's also about speaking opportunities and workshops and meeting the right people so it's being completely open to all of the things that just help you be more visible so that's the other thing that people fall into the trap of it's like yes i'm not getting any media coverage but you are getting invited to do this and you are getting invited to the, to do that. And that's your path. So it's kind yeah. of being very open to what the results could look like. That sounds fascinating. And I, I love the way you bring in a sort of the holistic angle with, you know, the Reiki and the manifesting and the, and, and the visualizing. And I think, you know, again, from a personal perspective, this is something that I've struggled with is visualizing where I could be, what I, what I well, my potential is and again it's you know social conditioning that we have been totally, totally ridiculous that's you know that's, you're never going to do that you know only x does that and you know it's breaking past those those you know I guess it's just what we've just been conditioned with that um you this is your limitation and yeah. you know that's all your you know you should be striving for and everything else is is silly and ridiculous but you're helping women kind of break break past that and you know see what their full potential is and that's um you know that's that's got a huge value that's amazing it really is because we do limit ourselves and we do pass you know block our own selves it's that self-sabotage whatever you want to call it yeah. that we we are our own worst enemy by standing in our own way and once we kind of free open those gates and kind of allow these you know feelings and thoughts and visualizations to come in and um, that's when the magic really happens so i will be buying your book so. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell um people where they can find you listen to you read you all of that so my book is out on amazon it's connecting the dots making magic with media and I also have my own show on Wellbeing Radio. Again, that's called Connecting the Dots, just for consistency. <laughs> and, and I'm on uh, Monday mornings at 9am. And finally, I do have a membership group at the moment um, that I opened up about two months ago now. So that is basically a, a space where I help you to do your own PR. And you can find that on my website, which is um, www.indigosoul.com indigosoulpr.com so yeah more about that on the website and uh i do do one-to-ones as well but i'm actually i'm 
staying true to my own power and I'm taking August off so I can actually enjoy time with the kids and then come back fresh in September. So fantastic. Oh, that's what's my plan as well. But hopefully I'm I'm gonna be straight with myself as well. I think we all need it. it? (laughs) Yeah, we all I think after this slog that we've all gone through, we need a bit of time off from homeschooling and running around like headless chickens and try and relax a little bit. (laughs) We'll try. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, thank you so much. It's been really fascinating and it's been so nice to talk about PR with a really positive spin. Excuse the the pun, but um, it is, it's nice to be able to, because I I love it still. I'm still, you know, there, it's always in my head. It's, you know, there's, I can always help someone else with their PR and I can give them a few angles, but I don't like the shuddering feeling of thinking way back then. So it's nice to know that PR can be done with soul and integrity and authenticity and, and it's, it's okay. And it's, it's still, you know, a good industry to work in. So <laughs> thank you so much, Sarah. And I will hopefully speak to you very soon. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. So that is this week's episode done. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'd love to know if some of the insights resonated with you or if there were some takeaways that you're possibly able to apply to your life. I would really love to hear your feedback and perspective on today's conversation as well. Perhaps we talked about a topic that sparks something within you or you have something to offer to the other listeners. Either way, I would love to hear from you. In order to help grow the Ambitious Mum community, and allow the podcast to be heard by other people, please do rate, subscribe and share it across your social networks. This will really help with the visibility of a new podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Coaching by Kate and do use the hashtag The Ambitious Mum Podcast so I can find your comments easily. So please do get in touch if you have any more to say. I'll also provide all links to my guests and my contact details on The Ambitious Mum show notes too. See you next week.